Internet Brand Strategist, Sandra Beck, interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm so happy today to have Denise Hamilton. Now, for those of you playing along at home or you're on your phone or on your computer, go ahead to watch her work dot com because that's the website of our guest today Denise Hamilton and we're going to talk today about women's issues and the workplace because we have some phenomenal things going on in our country we have women who are taking the bulk of the child care at home while being an educator and being a full-time employee and somehow managing to keep the household going. And for those of you who are my regular listeners, you know that I've been a single mom for 16 years. I have a, a two, I have two teenage boys, young teenage boys eating me out of house and home. And I also have my father who's a veteran in 87 living with me after my mom passed away. So we kind of have that eight to 80 household. And in the midst of all this is me running my media company from my home while juggling childcare and elder care. Like I'm the sandwich generation. And seriously, I have my COVID-19 to prove it, you know, my 20 pounds that I put on in COVID um, because it's just a lot. And what's happening now for many of us is there's a conversation happening about being recalled to the workplace. And this raises some really great issues. And we're going to talk to Denise about them. Because if I've been doing my job for eight months at home, why do I need to go back into the office? Why do I need to go back in the office full time? Why are you asking me to go back, especially with working women with children? We have found with some of the surveys that have been done, when a woman works in the office, she generally works 34 to 35 hours a week. When she works from home, the hours she's clocking in for work almost are a third higher. They're 43 to 44%. So the time that we would spend going to lunch, going to meetings, you know, driving to and from work are being applied to the workforce. And our savvy women are pointing this out to the managers, the directors, and the company owners of going, you know, you're getting more bang for your buck with me working from home. So you might want to rethink spending all that money on office space. Maybe we can job share. We maybe can office share. Let's have a conversation about this. And you know what? A lot of those are hitting a brick wall. So we're here today to talk with Denise Hamilton about some of these things that are going on. Denise, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Isn't it an exciting time to be a woman with all these different conditions? But, you know, it's like like that Spider-Man, you know, with great opportunity or what is it with great what it respond, comes great responsibility. Great, great power comes great responsibility. That's it. So we have great power, but we have great responsibility. And where do we wield it? Uh, I think it's such a powerful question because I think what we're getting to see just firsthand in our faces is that we have deep inequities in our society. 
they're just deep and they're structural. And, um, you know, we have as women, we've constructed an entire support system around our lives, whether it be childcare or schools or um, cleaning housekeepers or service providers and overnight that all went away. Some people had to go pick up their parents from the nursing home and bring them home. Some people, they just had to make huge life changes in order to respond to the pandemic. And we're seeing that this wasn't in our heads. We weren't crazy. There really is a difference between the just the burden that women have differently than men have. And so now we have to see what are we going to do about it? And as I've been talking to employers, you know, I, I was engaged by many employers around the issues of performance appraisals, right? Are you going to evaluate a woman who has three children and she's doing homeschool the same as you do a man who's by home by himself and he doesn't have any responsibilities. This is where all of the platitudes that are that the companies say, all the pretty brochures that say they believe in women, this is where it gets put to the test. And unfortunately, a lot of these companies are failing. You know, they're not being as flexible as they need to be. And my biggest worry is that we continue to see the the mass exodus that we saw last year this year and you know what we can't afford it we can't afford it five years from now ten years from now we will have no women to choose from for the c-suite because all of these women are being pushed out of the pipeline by the incredible demands of this time. So we're going to have to raise this issue. I'm so glad you're you're talking about it today because we have to start screaming our heads off. This is a, a quiet crisis in our country and we need to talk about it 10 times more than we do now. Absolutely. And not only do we need to talk about it, we need to be truthful about it. And what I've been finding is, you know, A lot of women, and I'm just going to call them out, they're not telling the truth. They're not telling the truth about what's really going on at home. And I had a HR executive on my show a couple of weeks ago, and she told me this wonderful story about how she was speaking in front of all these companies, like four or 500 companies were on some Zoom call put together by some business bureau. And her sons, who are like 10 and 12, were supposed to be on the Zoom call in the other room on school, but school canceled. So they decided to go upstairs in the bedroom and they... They were playing a song that I don't even want to say it on the world. Everybody knows this song, um, but it has the initials W-A-P. So they're playing that immediately above her. It's picking up on her microphone. So the moderator on the Zoom call goes, you know, so-and-so, uh, we seem to have some, some, can everybody mute? And she's watching mute, 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 mute all over the screen. And she's like, oh, eventually they're going to know it's me. And so she says, you know what? I'm having a little bit of connection problem. Let me just reset my router. She puts the, you know, the, the computer on pause runs upstairs, takes the Amazon thing her kid got for Christmas that, and they were laughing because it had all the bad words in it, the dirty words. And they're, they're, they, they're just having, they're just being kids. They're just having fun. She said she whipped that Amazon thing across the room, broke it, then ran downstairs to her husband who was working out in the gym. Then her kid, her other kid comes down is like, mom, what's the matter? Why are you in such a bad mood? She said she scooped him up in his pajamas and put him out on the porch and says, stop talking.
looking. She turned around and she's trying to go back into her office because, you know, she's a, a key person in her company. She doesn't want to get fired. She's also the primary breadwinner. And her son comes in, starts making a complaint that he she broke his Amazon it looks like a hockey puck. I don't know what the thing is, but you know, she's like, he, you know, he broke it. So she actually took her shoe off and threw it at him and screamed, get out. And then after her call was over, like she had to calm herself down. She had to go back into work mode, do finish her presentation. And she said, the only thing was her face was bright red the whole time. Cause she was just flipping out. So she comes out to her you know, living room and her, both of her sons are sitting there and they're both mad at her. And then her husband's mad at her sitting in the seat. And he's like, we need to talk. You can't throw a shoe at our son. And the kid goes, you know, mom, and it was like hit him in the shoulder. We're not talking child abuse here, but the kid says, mom, I pretty, I pretty think pretty sure it's illegal for you to do that. She goes, yeah. She goes, talk to the police. He's sitting right next to you. He's, you know, but this was a perfect example of what it really looks like because what you see on the screen is some mom who's put together and you know doing her appointment but boy if you did a fisheye camera you would see chaos in the household you would see dishes and clothes piling up and angry kids who can't get on the internet and mom's trying to work and in a lot of cases dad's doing this thing Right. Right. And, and those are the, the vocal situations. Let's talk about the other end of that spectrum. The child, these kids are slipping into depression and I have a rule. You are only as happy as your least happy child. Denise, I'm just going to stop you for a minute because I want to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor today is Best Fiends. And they've been with us over a year. And we are so grateful for them for making shows like this possible. And when I think about, you know, my favorite books from childhood, and I think about my favorite classic movies, like the original Independence Day, like I can watch that a hundred times as an adult and it still holds up. And, you know, things have come a long way since we were kids and we get these instant classics that show up. And you know what else is an instant classic? It's the Best Fiends game. I have been playing it for over a year. It's a top rated mobile puzzle adventure and it's got this world full of lovable characters and thousands of levels, Denise, and more content gets added all the time. And like I said, I've been playing it for over a year and I'm already checking my phone for the latest update. And what I like about this game is it helps me stay connected to my family and friends around the country, even my family in Canada, I can play with and we can send gifts back and forth. And there's this like little zing, this rush of adrenaline when I beat a level and it claps for me. And you know, nobody claps for me at work. I turn in my reports, I turn in my time card and nobody goes, yay. And I certainly cannot hit my boss like you can hit a slug Mageddon in the game. And you know, I'm over over 300 levels cleared so far and it has not gotten boring it's actually gotten more fun and I wouldn't have kept playing if it wasn't so fun and with Best Fiends there's something new today tomorrow and every day after that and there's literally 
thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. And you never get tired of solving them because I love puzzles. And so if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. It's portable. It's with you there. So you can play it. Like I find myself playing it in the line at the grocery store when I'm waiting to pick up my kids from soccer. I'll clear a few rounds in the car. And you know what? Don't blame me if you become slightly obsessed. And if your mom friend is in the car in front of you or your work friend is playing and all of a sudden you pass them, it is super fun. And it's so fun, like I said earlier, to send people gifts back and forth. Um, you know, you can send them lives and all sorts of cool things. So download Best Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Now, we were talking today with Denise Hamilton about the shifting roles in the workplace. And Denise, you know, there's so much going on today. There's so many roles we juggle as working parents, working from home. And now we're going to have to try to shift back into that workplace. That's not easy. That's not easy at all. You are not just managing your frustration, your multitasking, all your responsibilities. You're seeing your child every couple hours bust into tears or they're hiding in their room and you don't see them for six hours or they're just slipping and they're lonely. Right. So sure. so even if, whether they're quiet or whether they're loud, it's a problem. Their it's lives are not normal. Their lives are not normal and you bear the responsibility of it. Right. And so this is an extraordinary amount of stress and toil and difficulty. No one wants to consider that their kids are falling behind, that they're not having the education that they need at this critical part of their growth. Right. But I still have to keep my job. I still have to be performing against people who have none of these demands. That's right. It is an impossible, impossible situation. And I think it really just tests the upper limits of our compassion as a country. Are we serious about family? Do we, when we talk about family values, well, guess what? Here we are. Let's see them. <laughs> Let's see. This is a perfect chance to reveal them and to say, hey, you know, where do we stand on this? Do we allow job sharing? I'll tell you something that I did as soon as the um, pandemic um, hit and the lockdown um, started happening. Um, I was a single mom for 16 years. I only got married about six years ago. And um I went on on Facebook and I told I just did an open letter to single moms and I said, listen, you guys, this is going to be tough. This is going to be a rough ride. Um, Instead of all of you being in little apartments by yourself, you might want to band together and rent a house. Something with a backyard where the kids could play. You could rotate. You have a meeting, I'll wash the kids. I have a meeting, you wash the kids. You cook dinner tonight. You do laundry. I said, because this is going to be rough. And I had three groups of moms take me up on it. And they asked if I would advise them through that process. And I will tell you, it has made the world of difference because this is just too much to do alone. And so from the standpoint of raising this issue in the media, raising this issue with our elected officials, raising this issue with our employers and holding them accountable, right? We cannot charge women such a high price because they love their children, because they want their children to thrive. And we cannot afford this incredible exodus. 
it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And, you know, these children that we're raising are your company's workforce for the future. They are, you know, when you look at, you know, everybody knows moms love their kids and like, oh, isn't that sweet? But it's also mom's job to raise the future. It's our job to raise the next wave of employees that work for the big defense contractor, the next wave of employees that work for the hospitality industry and all these different industries that rely on people. So if they are not attending to the women that are raising the next generation, good luck to you. Good luck finding good workers. Good luck finding skilled people. You know, you can invest in these families now and make even bigger profits for the future. You know, so, and that's what they look at. They look at profit margins. They look at bottom line. Who's, who's got this, who's got that. But the fact of the matter is that's short-sighted thinking. Absolutely. And it's, and it just doesn't cost as much as we make it sound like it does. Right. Um, Simple things. Like I talked about performance appraisals and really weighting them differently. Um, Something as simple as during zoom calls, don't make me turn on my camera. Right. Women have to do hair and makeup and, and they, you may have a mess behind them and they're in the oh, How about your kid that walks behind your zoom exactly, call? Exactly. Exactly. So in his underpants, it, does it matter if the camera's on? No, just, just let them keep the camera off. And then something as simple as shifting, shifting to a, um, deliverable model instead of a FaceTime model, yes. right? Tell me, I don't need the, does it matter if I do this work from eight to five or can I do it from eight to one and then from eight to 12 when my kids are in bed so I can be clear and quiet and just crank my workout. Focus on the deliverables, not the FaceTime because it doesn't matter, right? So I think that one of the things that we have to do allow ourselves to successfully adapt to this moment and not just think women are tough. They can take it. We're not tough. We're buckling. We're buckling and we need to be more vocal. Yes, absolutely. And and we cannot uh, put, we cannot expect this group of people to carry the weight of the future. We should all share that responsibility. We should, and if there are small measures we can do, like some of the ones I've, I've mentioned, why wouldn't we? And we need to examine how we value women in the workforce. Either we do or we don't. And that looks a particular way. We have proven that we can do work remotely. We can be productive remotely. Why would we not continue to allow that if the school systems are not stable? It's just a ridiculous argument. It's just ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. But you know where it comes from? It comes from power and control. And when I first became a single mom, I had a three-month-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. And I dragged a playpen in my office here. And I dragged a, you know, sometimes I would lock my other kid in a car seat just because I couldn't watch two kids at the same time and do my work or and do my calls, whatever I needed to do. And um, one of the things that I learned early on was that, if I identified as a programmer, as a woman and a mom, I got less work. Yeah. 
So instead of using my name, Sandra Beck, I started using SJ and some people would call me Scott. And, you know, I purposely, you know, did everything I could not to have a face-to-face meeting, not to have a, so that they knew that, you know, I wasn't a woman. And so, you know, there was different conditions, but one of the things that I learned very early on was how much could be done remotely, how little, you know, most employees have to be in the office. And my corporation, Denise, is called Motherhood Incorporated, employing moms to work from home in the tech fields. So I'm a big proponent of this. And when people would say to me, like, oh, your mom's going to be sitting around working in their pajamas, taking care of your kids. I'm like, yeah, exactly. They are. Because they're on a freaking computer. They're using a keyboard. They don't need to be sitting in an office, you know, like some copy machine, you know, to do these things. And when I told them that in the beginning, I only hired single moms. I I wasn't going to go anywhere, you know, because I had this lady that came in my office. She's like, well, I really want a job with your company because I want a Lexus and my husband won't buy me one. And I'm like, out, 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 you know, like, like I just couldn't do it. And then one lady came in, she had so much makeup on and perfume and hair and beautiful clothes. I'm like, she makes me feel bad about myself. She can't be hired at my company. I mean, (laughs) unfortunately, this is the reality of, because, you know, as a single mom, you know, as a working mom, you're already at a disadvantage. And there's no reason that I can't work from, and I used to get up, Denise, before my kids got up, I would take care of them during the day, and then I'd work after they go to sleep. And you know what, when I functioned as SJ, nobody gave any pushback. If I had to leave, and this was also part of also learning how to communicate as a woman and as a mother and as a single mother, I don't ever tell anybody I'm going to pick up my kids. I don't ever tell anybody anything about my kids. I say, I'm sorry, I have an appointment. If people say, you know, can you stay late to do this? I'm like, no, I have a client meeting, but here's what I can do. I can meet, you know, at two o'clock. And I learned early on not to reveal anything going on in my life because it was judgment. It was like, oh, well, she's going to be busy with her kids and make no, make no mistake. Business is competitive. And if there's a woman or a man who can play the kid card and diminish you, they will. And I know that this is not exactly the greatest advice for women advancement, but it is present day reality. And I took my bio down for many years that I was a single mom. I took my kids off of it because it's nobody's flipping business. And that's where you talk about not only turning off your screen, But the reason, if you have to give a reason that you can't complete something on time or you can't do something at a certain time, don't tip your hand. Don't give your cards. Don't reveal your cards. Just say, you know what? That doesn't work for me. I have an appointment at that time. Let's do this and push it from talking about what you can do or what you can't do immediately to what you can do. And then don't have your kids walk behind you in their underpants during a Zoom call. Exactly. 100%. And I think that this is such a great tip and it's an area that we as women need to grow because we're so apologetic and we're so, we we don't, we're so consumed with perfection or the appearance of perfection. And um, if anything is out of whack, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have to do, I have to do. And it's like, it does not serve us. I remember I was um, advising and coaching um, an executive woman 
And um, she was really having a hard time adjusting with the other um, male leaders on her team. Sure. So I came in one Friday to her office. This was pre-COVID to meet with her. I got to the office and I said, where is everybody? Because there's eight leaders. She's mm. one of them. And there's seven other guys. Where, where, is, where is everybody? Oh, they're at a golf tournament. I was going to say, I was all like, I'm so sorry. Yep. They're at a golf tournament, but you feel bad to leave at five o'clock because you have to go pick up your kids. Like people make room for the things they have to do. Right. And it's like, they're not apologizing to you that you're sitting here working and they're playing golf. Right. They're not sorry about that. Right. And so why on earth would you arrange your life? You have to create the optimal conditions for your success, whatever that looks like and figure out what is going to work for you, because I will promise you that all the men I've ever worked with in my career, they figure it out for themselves. And they generally have a wife at home. <laughs> so right. that's, they, they, that's what we need. We just need a wife. If right. I always say that I need a wife. I need a wife. Right. And this so is I not, think, but this is not ban- man bashing. Like I want to say this. No, is not man no, 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 no. It's protecting your peace and understanding you need sleep. You need moisture. You need um, good nutrition. You need to, uh, to step away. You need a quiet moment. You cannot be on at 99.5 for six months straight. It does not work. So you've got to have the courage to ask for help, to set some boundaries, to raise your expectations of every family member in the house. Everybody has to contribute and you have to have the courage to create the optimal conditions for you to thrive, whatever that looks like. These are really difficult, challenging times. They just are. And and you are most likely the linchpin. And really that saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, has never been truer. Because you you keep your children's beautiful little spirits in your hands. And their spirits are, are under attack. They're bored, they're lonely, they miss their friends. They're struggling in school. They're scared. They're scared. They're learning differently. Their little spirits are in our hands. So we have to take care of ourselves. We have to put our mask on first. And if we can't figure that out, there's no way our kids are going to thrive and get through this in the best way possible. So it's not selfish to do self-care. It is an essential ingredient of surviving and thriving in this crazy, crazy time. Well, and it's, it's not just in this time, it's all time, you know, for the, Mm -hmm. for, you know, this is the, really the, the first generation, you know, that, that sees a lot of really highly educated single moms. You know, we've always had single moms. My mom was raised by a single mom. Her mom was a single mom in the depression. Like, like, you know, it's systemic in, you know, one side of my family line. So, you know, being a single mom isn't anything new, but being a single mom, a highly educated single mom means there's not a lot of people who walk the path before us. And you can see this on YouTube because one of the things, Denise, like, you know, I go on YouTube, like I really wanted to learn about time blocking because I was trained in the Franklin Covey, you know, time management. I, I learned a lot about, you know, sharpen the saw, all these things. Well, those things, the, the, the Franklin Covey thing, no disrespect to them. I love them. I used them for 20 years. They weren't working for me as a full-time work at home, mom, educating kids. Like it just wasn't happening 
happening. I was sharpening the saw on my own neck, wanting to cut my head off. Like that's about as far as I got. So I turned to YouTube and I'm like, there's gotta be more women struggling with what I'm struggling. And they all, and this is no disrespect to these women, but they're like, Oh, they're a blogger. You know, they have a basket business. They have a gift business and everything was part-time. They had a husband and I'm like, flip, where are the women like me? Cause I know they're out there. You know, the women who did sacrifice things to get educated, who worked really hard to get where they are. You know, I have a master's from Northwestern. I'm an undergraduate in journalism. It took me 10 years to pay off that education with a full scholarship. So like I invested in this. And I wanted to make a difference. And then all of a sudden, you know, my mom dies, you know, God bless her. My dad comes in. Now my husband gets up and leaves at three months old. I had a three month old and a two and a half year old, and he doesn't want this life anymore. And that meant walking out on all the bills. And this is not a sob story because there's a million women out there just like us with the same. It's it's my story. It's my story. I got divorced when my daughter was four years old. I took every single bill and then went on to graduate school and paid every bill to get through that. There are too many people that have this exact same story. We have to stop acting like it's an anomaly. It is America and our policies have to support and align around that. And we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure out childcare. We've got to figure out healthcare, mental healthcare. I don't know. People are calling me and saying, Hey, Denise, do you know what resources I can use? I really think my child needs some mental health support. I'm, I'm struggling with anxiety. I need some mental health support. Where are people supposed to go? What are they supposed to do? We have to figure out what the societal structures are going to be that make sure that we don't fall beneath the cracks because we can't, we love and take care of our children. We can't be cracks for loving children <laughs> we right. and wanting to raise okay. them like right we can't be taxed you know for that but we also Denise we need more representation because what I found and even when I went through the Los Angeles court system the judge admonished me at one point even though my ex-husband had a domestic violence charge and she's like I expect better of you and she pointed her finger at me and she's like you're educated you have success and I'm like what does that have to do with an abuse user and I couldn't say anything because my attorney's like shut up but I wanted to say to her you're ordering me to go to therapy with a man that you ordered to stay a thousand yards away from me and you're penalizing me because of my education and during my divorce that was the biggest thing they're like you should be paying your husband you're more educated than him and I'm like wait a minute so I'm supposed to pay all the bills pay the house keep the kids in here and pay this joker to go live with someone else I don't think so and you know I say Because you, you laugh because you've been there. Like, you know what I'm talking it's about. There. But when I went on YouTube, Denise, and this is like, I'm putting a call out to all our sisters out there to help our little sisters and, and our, you know, and some big sisters that maybe walk this path before us. Where is the representation for us? Because when you look at how to manage your household, you get women who have three, four, five children, they homeschool and all that's good for them. But where's the help for me? And you know why nobody's doing those videos? Because we're all busting our ass 24-7 just to keep the ship from sinking. We don't have time to make a blog. I don't have time to teach videos and to do absolutely, absolutely. And 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 you're so right. Like 
like you started this interview with this statement that we need to start telling the truth. We need to be honest and stop making it glossy and pretty and perfect. This is super, super hard. It's darn near impossible. And too many of us are failing. And so what do we need need to do to be supported? How can you raise your hand and ask for help, right? How can you swap um, resources? How can you band together? What are the what are the next steps that we have to do to make sure we don't lose a generation? Right. We just cannot. We cannot do it. It is unacceptable. And so, as I as I think about this, and I think about you know trying to be encouraging. There's people listening right now that they are afraid, they are scared, they are depressed, they are anxious, and they are tired. Over- they're, they're tired. tired. We're they're so just tired. over it. Yeah. And and I want to say there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I want you to find the, the 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 and it really is courage and strength to be good to yourself. Yes. Whatever that means to schedule happiness. I put happiness on my schedule. I put it on a calendar. You know, okay, I really enjoy just driving to the lake and looking at the water. Even if it's 15 minutes and I turn around and come back home, it makes me centered. Something as simple as going outside. This sounds crazy, but putting your feet in grass grounding yourself in actual grass, not looking at a screen and being surrounded by by hard surfaces all day, Um, making time to call a friend and just laugh. You know, like I said, making everybody in the house pull up and do chores. Even the little ones can do chores. They can help too, because this is an all in state of emergency for the American family. So I just feel like we are so hard on ourselves. And like I always say, I always tell this story. Um, my husband has a superpower. He um, can step over the laundry. <laughs> my husband, I will put my the basket at the bottom of the stairs. You know why? Because when he's coming up, I want him to bring the laundry up the stairs. He comes upstairs. I say, where's the laundry? What laundry? He didn't even see it. Now he's 6'4", but his legs aren't that long. He has the ability to totally screen it out. He literally does not see it. And I used to be really angry about that. I'll tell you, I used to really be angry about it. And then I stopped and I said, I'm going to learn from that. Sometimes we need to let the laundry pile up. Sometimes we need to eat on paper plates. Sometimes we need to order delivery because we have to keep our sanity. We have to protect our peace. Right. And so we need to release the need for perfection. And we need to sometimes the kids, hey, here's a box of crayons. Here's three coloring books. Go crazy. And you have to do what you got to do. So I just think that we need to um, just we need to, I guess, stop holding our breath. Yeah. And when I like, I'll tell you a really quick story because I know our time is almost done, but I'll tell you a really quick story. I could not do a pull up. When I say I could not do a pull up, it seemed like, why don't you, Denise, hey, let's go climb Mount Everest. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and so my trainer and I, we were working on it. We're trying to do all the movements or whatever so I could do a pull up. So finally, I say, I'm ready. I think I can do it. I'm going to give it a try. So I go up and I do it. And I do the one pull up and I go back down. I look over at my trainer, not a smile, doesn't crack us, no, no, nothing. And I am like, where is the parade? I did a pull up. <laughs> 
he said, I don't, I don't accept that pull up. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you held your breath the whole time. So that means you can do one pull up, but you'll never be able to do two. You'll never be able to do four and you'll definitely never be able to be 10. You cannot hold your breath. You have to learn to breathe through the challenge. Mm. Too many of us are holding our breath. We have to learn to breathe through the challenge. What is the game on the field and how are we going to play it? If we need a meal delivery service, if we need everybody to leave the house because we need a housekeeper once a month, maybe you can't afford more, but listen, somebody else needs to come in and clean this house from top to bottom because I just can't do it. If you need to swap out with another mom and they literally sit on the porch and watch your kids play in the background, in the backyard, and they don't come within six feet of each other, whatever you have to do, you got to start developing real solutions so you can make it because it really unfortunately looks like no one else is coming. Nope. So got it. we've got to band together and we've got to support each other and encourage each other. And if you're listening to this and you don't have any kids or you're in a two parent um, household, reach out to the single mothers in your life. Ask, do they need help? And then ask again, because they don't want to tell you they're failing. They don't want to tell you they're struggling. They don't want to tell you they're losing their minds. So ask again and ask one more time. Just go to the supermarket, buy some groceries, drop them off, go to the toy store, buy a bunch of balls and coloring books and drop it off and jump ropes. And like, I mean, just help see, try to try to look beyond the veneer of the perfection and see that they need you, right? This is a time to band together, but guess what? Women always band together. We do. If we let ourselves go to our natural, natural tendencies, we will show up for each other and we will indeed get through this. We really will. I believe it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said about breathing because I hold my breath all the time to get through my day. And I use my Apple watch, which tells me to breathe. I literally had to put a reminder on there to breathe. But one of the things that you said that was really important was, you know, it's okay to ask for things. And one of the things that I learned to ask for in my family, because I have really loud teenage boys and a really loud dad, because he can't hear and he's got his TV blasting and he's military. So it feels like the military channels on all the time and there's like a harrier landing in his bedroom is I asked for the gift of silence and like because the kids like kids want to give you things they want to take care of you they really do so um, one of the things that I've done with my kids since they were little is can you just give me 15 minutes the gift of silence and the gift of silence means put your headphones on shut your volume down turn the tv off go outside don't yell and scream and fight and just Because then you just, you just, you know, we don't need much, Denise, truly, but we do need something. And one of the things that I want to encourage women is, you know, no is not a dirty word. We're so trained to say that no is, is somehow rude. No means you can't, no means you're a failure. No means all these things for people. And I don't really like the word no. But so what I do is I've modified it. And if somebody asks me, can you do something? I'll say, well, here's what I can do. You know, I can give you a check for $20, you know, but I can't come and do this. I don't ever focus on what I can't do. Here's what I can do. The kids will say, mom, you know, we want to do this. I'm like, well, here's what I can do. 
And we negotiate on what I can do, but I set that bar right away for what I can do. Because when you focus on what you can't do, you feel bad. The other person's disappointed. And Denise, honestly, if you said to me, Sandra, can you give me a hundred bucks? I'll say, well, I can give you 50. It's really hard for you to come back and go, you're being cheap. You know what I mean? Like you, you just do what you can do. So you can feel like a cheerful giver, which I think most moms want to be a cheerful giver, but we, won't, we don't want to give away, you know, three kidneys because we only have two, you know, there's a limit to what we can do. And so, you know, identifying, you know, that knee jerk reaction of saying yes, or not being able to say no, and having the courage to say I can't do this. I can't do this. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It means that you can't do this. And one of the things, you know, as we wrap up, Denise, that I want to leave people with is, you know, I talked a lot about being a woman, a woman in the tech and firearm industry for many years and, and being in a male dominated military culture, good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent. So I learned quick to keep the fact that I was a single mom and had kids and had my dad, unless I talked about him being a veteran, not a dad, but a veteran, that these things were not okay to bring to the table. Well, then I get cancer and I have stage three cancer right now, and I'm undergoing a 14 month treatment. And it's something that I can't hide, you know, certain things you can hide, certain things you can't. And what I found was all people were incredibly compassionate and generous because I had cancer. But it would came to be a single mom, soul supporting with two kids and an 87-year-old dad, whole different story. And that to me, when you talk about iniquity, do we really have to be one step away from death to get the same compassion <laughs> as any struggle? So I encourage you guys today to think about saying no and that you're not a bad person. You're not a bad mom. You're actually a really good mom because you're setting some limits with people so that you can keep running your ship, but also that you extend the same compassion to someone who's struggling for anything they're struggling with that you would give somebody that's going through a cancer treatment. And I think we can all take away from that today, you know, a really good lesson. And lastly, when you volunteer to help someone, be specific. Say things like, can I help you? Can I pick up your kids or drive them? Is there any shopping you need done? Is there any, can I help? You know, one of the things, Denise, my girlfriends did for me that will always remain to be the best gift ever about a year and a half after my divorce and my ex-husband took me to court for spousal support and all these different things after our payout and thing was done, come back for more money. And I was broken. My mom had just died and I, I'm taking care of these kids and I'm trying to handle my dad, trying to run my company. And I was sitting in this like massive pile of laundry because what I started to do was I started to to not wash things, it was faster to go to Walmart and pick up a pack of underpants. It was faster. So I'm, you know, like 40 been years there, of- I have been there. And you know that. And then I was sitting there going, I can't, I can't even do this. And my friend Carrie called and she said, Sam, what's, you sound terrible. And I just started crying. And I'm like, cause the laundry felt like mountains and I felt like I was drowning. I mean, you know, that feeling. And 
And she said, don't worry, I'm coming over. And I was so humiliated at first because here I can't do the most basic thing, which is laundry. And she came over with a bunch of, you know, my friends and they piled all this laundry into garbage bags. And I'm thinking, are we having a bonfire? Like what's going on? And everybody took bags of laundry to their own house and threw them in because it would have taken me literally like 20 loads in my little washer. And they all came back folded and set together. And it was like in one hour or two hours, like 20 loads of laundry was done. And my friends were so happy to help me. They could give to me. And I had to get over myself and my ego and feeling like I was a failure because seriously, no one could do this. And I'm not Superman or Spider-Man or any of the wonder hero or wonder woman. I'm just a mom taking care of my kids, working full time. And so the biggest thing that helped me was the gift of help. So if you have a single mom friend who might have cancer, who might have anything, offer to help clean her house, offer to help her with her laundry, offer to help her. Can I make some dinner for you and bring it over? When you offer to help someone, try to be specific because then the mom can say, I would love that because I didn't even think about it because our knee jerk reaction, Denise, for most of us is when somebody says, you know, can I do anything to help you? The polite mom thing is, oh, no, I've got it. Thank you so much, though. Right. That's what we do. Yeah. 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 So we know specific, specific and and ask again and ask again until they say yes, because you're seeing them and you know they need help. And the, and the truth of it is that that when you um, have the courage to say yes to help, yep. you're saying yes to your kids. Yep. You're saying yes to your sweet babies, right? Because they need the help too. And when you have the courage to say no to requests that are not appropriate for this time or outside of your bandwidth, you're saying yes to your babies. That's right. Right? There's only so much of you and you have to make sure you give them your best they don't get your leftovers they don't get you after 20 loads of laundry right. they get you before that right we want our kids to have the best of us and so we cannot allow housework and responsibilities and everything to empty us so completely that we can't sit and play a game of uno right, right? like that and that's right. really where we are right now so i just I, I love that story and i'm glad you found the strength to do that and i hope you continue to let people help and i hope everyone is listening and thinking who can i call pick up the phone tonight and call somebody and say hey is there something i can do to help you i was wondering could i mow the lawn could i pick up some groceries could i do your some laundry I, like pick a chore and just offer could I entertain your child by zoom and do some activity with them for 45 minutes oh my gosh that would be amazing find a way that you can be helpful well and then the other thing that like and then we'll wrap up for today Denise is you allow your friends to feel really good like we all joke about that mountain of laundry day and i remember carrie telling me you know she had a big fight with her husband her kids were being awful and she was in just such a state and she said i was so grateful to do your laundry because i felt good so when people offer to do something for you always remember by saying no are you robbing them 
the opportunity to feel good about something. Like that's where true hearts make a win-win situation every time. So you guys, if you loved what Denise and I had to say today, I want you to go to watchherwork.com. Denise, I think we're going to be fast friends and come and do a lot of shows together because you're about as passionate as I am about this situation. And for those of you listening who are single moms like me and in the trenches with teenagers or little ones, you know, Denise has got her daughter to 26 years old. She's still alive, breathing and kicking and doing well. She's remarried to a guy who steps over the laundry, but we love him anyway. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is happiness. There is joy. This isn't permanent. Your kids will grow up. This will pass. You will move on. And even though everybody says child raising goes so fast and I wish the kids were young again and you ask a single mom and she's like, no way. I'm tired, been there, done that. I'm ready for a break. Know that you're among friends. On behalf of Denise Hamilton and watchherwork.com and myself, Sandra Beck, we'll be back again next week with another great episode. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.